Winston. Gordon Gordon never barks anyways. Winston's oh, yeah, the Oh yeah, you're right. I loved it when you held Gordon up that one time and he just kind of like flopped. <laughs> and, like, just gives up on life. Yeah, he just kind of like, I'm here. I'm <laughs> I'm living. He's pretty chill. That's the kind of dog I want. It's just a chill, quiet, but like freaks out when he sees me kind of dog. <laughs> you basically want Harley, but you want like a small dog probably. Yes. I actually met a wonderful dog the other day. My friend Tyler's dog. His name is Henry. And in pictures, he looks like he's a big dog because he was supposed to be, he's a German Shepherd mutt something, but yeah. he just never grew because of a hormone imbalance. So he's okay, like, so he still looks like he's a, well, he's a tiny German Shepherd. Oh, nice. But yeah, he's just this tiny little looking German Shepherdy pup. And he's so cute. I was like, I want a puppy that's wrong. And stays a puppy forever. <laughs> I want a, I want a broken dog. <laughs> I want a broken dog. <laughs> I want this mutant dog to be mine. Yay! Mutant dogs. But yeah, no, also for Dragon Con guys, I got I got no idea. I got no idea. I'll I have I've never cosplayed before, so I did not prepare enough. I have like a Harry Potter dress and like Yeah. I mean vest. that's that's like mo like not everybody cosplays. It's just a yeah, chance for like if you don't want to like full out cosplay, it's just a chance for you to wear those like super nerdy things in your closet that you never really get a chance to wear and have people actually recognize and appreciate them kind of thing. No, I just really wanted to wear something nerdy. I want to be a cosplayer like so bad. But I I should show you my my friend who's a cosplayer. She has like kick ass costumes and she shows everybody how to make them. You don't have to like make shit yourself. Like it's perfectly acceptable to like commission somebody else to make a cosplay for you and shit like that. Because fuck, God knows I can't fucking sew for shit. A lot of the people I know who actually do cosplay make a lot of money doing the commission side of the oh, stuff yeah. too. Like, yeah, their own co- making people's costumes and stuff to to order. Yeah, absolutely. Whatnot. It's a particular skill. Mm-hmm. I don't. I never cosplay at these things, so I'm like. That's not a thing I do. I am breaking out my superhero t-shirts, though, because I never yeah. wear those. So definitely like the Batman Batman t-shirts are getting broken out. So Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, I wish it wasn't like the middle middle of fucking summer. But like I have yeah. my like Star Wars, like Tauntaun hoodie Aww. where the, the zipper of it is a lightsaber. When you open it up, it's got like the Tauntaun guts on the in, on the lining of it. Yeah, I, I had the same thought because I bought one of those. uh star trek hoodies that has like the uniform kind of like as part of the detail of it kind of thing just to bum around the house and i was like oh i could totally wear that but i'm like it's gonna be fu- it's atlanta in fucking august like there's no way i'm gonna put a hoodie on that entire weekend yeah pretty it's much. not like it's vegas where it gets fucking cold at night or something like that it probably just stays hot and shitty the whole time right <laughs> yeah it'll probably get down in like the 70s or like you know near low 20s for you guys all right i was gonna say i don't know i don't know what that means american speak I'm looking, fucking english i'm looking up the forecast Let's see. Right now, oh shit! It looks like it's gonna rain, which actually will keep the temperature down a bit. It's gonna be between seventy and eighty-nine, basically between like seventy and ninety. So that's like between twenty and thirty yeah. all weekend. The one thing I am that's gonna nice. do is I'm gonna bring my Omni tool and my N7 jacket from you, Tim, and walk around nice. with it on my arm because it's not sharp enough to be considered a weapon, right? Plastic. Yeah, as long, if it's plastic, you should be fine. It's basically why, like, the only cosplay that I do do, I can't do at Dragon Con because I can't bring those claws across the border. Yeah. <laughs> they are solid steel Weapons. and not going across. Yeah, basically knives. So, no, not. Yeah. But, no, do you see there's, uh, I was just looking through the schedule today and, like, marked off a million fucking things. There's oh. 
a Mass Effect uh, voice actor panel, <gasps> Christy? Is it Andromeda? Because <laughs> I don't give a shit. But is it just like... Uh, no, I think... I, I, I didn't look really closely. Dragon Con's very, like, fan-run. I would assume that, like, if it's fan-run, they're probably not going to be pulling a ton of Andromeda people in it based on the yeah. fan reaction to that game, so... Curious. Yeah, probably fair. I just, like, I have to sign up today while we're talking. I'm going to finally buy my membership. Because I got, I got nervous. That's okay. I did it yesterday, so don't worry the about it. The only thing is I got kind of nervous because I didn't know which I was buying because it was, like, membership something something, and I was like, oh, right, uh... And it's just for the whole weekend, right? Because we're going for two or three days. The yeah, four, well, days. four days. We're going every yeah, day for so four days. Thursday. Yeah, I mean, stuff goes all the way through like Monday early afternoon kind of thing. Wait a minute, are we coming? Um, so are we yeah. coming Thursday? Yeah. yeah, Thursday night. Oh right, Thursday night. I was like, I didn't book work off. <laughs> no, no, your flight's not till like nine something on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On uh, or like yeah. ten, ten something on. Uh, no. Thursday night from Toronto. Yeah, it's around nine o'clock. I, I thought it was like eight thirty or nine or something like that on Thursday. Yeah, because I think it gets to eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a short flight, so mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I've been telling people, and they're like, "You're going to Atlanta?" I'm like, yeah. They're like, "What's in Atlanta?" I'm like, "Tons of stuff. You don't even." Yeah, just wait for the pictures. Yeah, it's gonna be so good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's. Uh, why don't we get this episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. Burped into the microphone and let you guys ramble for six minutes. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, welcome to episode 107. I don't know. Wait, this is no, episode it's 110. 110. Welcome to episode <laughs> 110 of Dance Robot Dance. I'm Mark, and I'm obviously here with Christy and Tim. And we are talking about our plans to go to Dragon Con. So say hello, guys. What's Woo. up? Hi, everybody. Maybe don't talk Good. at the same time. Just once. Never. No. I think we'll just do it, we'll just do it at the same time for the rest of the yeah. podcast. For the <laughs> rest of history. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> editing Mark. Now, whenever Tim moves his mouth, I'm just going to go, rah, 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 <laughs> I can mute you in Zencaster. You know that, right? Like, I can just shut Yeah, but then I'll just, like, take the thing down and put up my own, like, recording that I have in my background just for me. <laughs> there it is. Uh, how are you guys doing this week? Good. <laughs> I'm tired, but, like, good. Wedding is starting to actually become real and, like, terrifying. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Yeah, it'll do that. Well, you guys still haven't set like a date or anything. Actually, I think we sort of potentially have the Thanksgiving weekend, 2019. So October 12th, I think is a Saturday. Okay. That way people still have their Sunday, Monday to do like family things. And um, yeah, because nobody ever has like Thanksgiving dinner on Saturday. No, but people go away to cottages and stuff. So I feel kind of bad. But yeah, Saturday um, at the art gallery is where we're doing it. And did I tell you why we changed the date? Oh wait, I can't. I can't on. Uh, I can't on the air. It's a secret. But I'll tell you off the air. But yeah, and then it's going to be Harry Potter themed. I convinced him. It's happening. I'm so excited. Oh my god, <laughs> guys! I'm so excited. You should see my Pinterest. Like it's all like, oh, do you want this Harry Potter wedding cake? I'm like, yes, I want all the Harry Potter wedding cake. I want 15 different Harry Potter wedding. How do I get? Because this is where I realized that like Christy's going to ask me for so much help to create all this what? shit. I'm my at the own end. designer, <laughs> sir. I know, but you you're going to have a lot of stuff to output, and I'm good at production. So well, now that you sound so enthralled about it, I'm definitely going to ask you to share in my happiest day. <laughs> I know you absolutely are. There you go. You Thank guys you. are on my list. I appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, wait, so we're invited to the wedding and everything? That's, that's probably... That's good, because we've never been to a no, wedding before together. Ever, never, never, ever, ever. If you guys come and go, wow, Christy, it's so nice to like, meet you, I'm going to murder you. 
<laughs> no, we're going to pretend after yeah. that we didn't go. Yeah. yeah. Or that we went and we didn't see I'd you I'd be there. like, oh, ha, <laughs> 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 Which is a very strong possibility, considering how much family we have to invite. Yeah, well, that's the problem with weddings. Like, you don't really get to see the person who invited you to the wedding because they are busy, you know, getting married and talking to literally everybody else. So that's why Tim and I made such fast friends at Eric's wedding, because the only person I knew there was Eric. So Tim and I, Tim and I bonded out of necessity. So yeah, and now look what and now, yes, and keyboard cats. And now look what has happened as a result of that little well, problem. So Steph and I had a nice little conversation about you two today. Oh, that's... Yeah, we were hanging out. We had a really lovely time just like chatting. And I was telling her about the podcast. And she was like, oh, yeah, those guys are great. Like, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> does, does, do you know Yance, Mark? Uh, I've met her a couple times. Yes. Okay. Like, just through, through Christy and through Eric a couple times. So, yeah. Not a fan of mine, apparently. Well, that's, okay. that's also because of my birthday party. <laughs> you were a huge downer. <laughs> I was. I was. You were just like, that's I'm not prepared for this kind of engagement of people. Well, people were talking theater to me. People. Well, people, yes. People, first of all, theater people who are very intense. And then people were asking me about the podcast and like people leaving the podcast and stuff. And I was like, oh, we're going to talk about this, I guess. All right. That's fun. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> You're fine. Next time you come, I'll just you know smack you around the head a couple times. That's uh, <laughs> that's an acceptable. Term. I'll just be like, hey, shush, you have to pretend like musicals today, just for a little bit. Uh, pretend. Uh, I didn't notice you didn't do well. If you did do a birthday present, I didn't or a birthday party this year, I did not get invited. No, I so. didn't. I didn't. I uh, my Mark got my family in on it, and they threw me a little surprise bash out in Calgary. Nice, you know, nice. But I, I didn't. Well, we'll talk yeah. about that. My thirtieth is next later. year, so I'll be doing something. Oh, good God. Really? 30 next yeah, year? March. <sighs> anyway, Tim, how was your week? <laughs> good. We will get to that in the meat of the episode as well. But I'm just uh, back from my trip. And uh, so sort of just readjusting to real life kind of thing. And not looking forward necessarily to going back to work tomorrow. But at least I don't have to work a full week the next two weeks. That's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I keep thinking about that. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I'm like, ah, oh, it is a short week, though, because We'll be gone on Friday, and then we'll Monday is a holiday, so that works out mm-hmm. quite nicely. Well, we're ten minutes in. Let's get into the news, just because. Why not? For once, it's not us talking about the time. <laughs> no, it's not. It was me, but <laughs> most of that will probably stay in. Yeah, yeah, eh, whatever. So, first things first. There's a report going around that production on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three has been put on pause, given the <laughs> controversy. As, as Disney has shot itself directly in the dick. Yeah, basically, it is bleeding out currently, because I don't know, like, I think some of the cast were talking about not coming back now. Like, we, I know for a fact Batista was talking about yeah, like, not was. coming yeah. back, so I don't know yeah, how that's going to pan out for everybody there. Yeah, they're trying to pick up the fucking pieces of that franchise well, right now. Yeah, it's just really too and bad. And we talked about it before, there's, like, a time when a person has shown that they've changed and grown, that, like, Sure, you can you can still be a little bit angry, but can you blame them if they're creating good work and they've done like you know they've made the apologies and they've shown they've grown? Like, where do you where do you start forgiving? And and it also sets a very dangerous precedent in terms of kowtowing to fucking like alt right assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, is that really a group that you want to be uh, allowed to influence massive decisions about these huge money making franchises for you? Yeah, you fools. They're letting it, them influence decisions about everything else that's going on in America right now. So, I mean, 
part and parcel, I guess, with what's going on down there. So I don't know. Shit's starting to hit the fan there, but we're not a political podcast. Oh Wee. god, I might have to start one one day. It's been, it's been far too much fun to watch this. Speaking week. of which, what what uh, what's what's been happening with the other podcasts, yeah. Mark? Oh well, we've been busy. So did, did Paul kind of just go go AWOL? We were actually going to record this weekend, but like things got a little crazy, so we have to delay a little bit. We'll get back on the horse. I my trip schedule and like starting a new job have been true very intense and then he also had mom there yeah, for like your mom in town and, yeah. a couple weeks the last couple weeks that really kind of put a, a hamper on getting that episode out which we've been working on for now like months so <laughs> no it'll 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 probably pop back up in the fall when my schedule's not as uh trip hectic and you know yeah i'm a little bit more settled at my new job so just in time to leave it in the new year, probably. But that's neither here. What? Well, it's contract. It's six months, so I may not get. They're gonna bring right. back. Uh, we'll see. We shall see. So, uh, Watchmen is coming officially to HBO in 2019. So they've already Ooh. got a full series order for that first season, and it looks like it's gonna happen. The fucking cast is pretty crazy. Regina King, Regina King. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Vagina. Jeremy King. Irons is in it. I said <laughs> Regina. <laughs> It. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Uh, Jeremy Irons, Don Johnson, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, Louis Gossett Jr. Like, it's kind of a weird cast, but I'm kind of interested mm-hmm. in seeing how this pans out. Obviously, this is a show run by Damon Lindelof and stuff like that. And it's kind of, it's the alternate history thing, right? Like, it's supposed to be the alternate future of what happened after Watchmen yeah. or something like that. Well, yeah, it's a follow-up kind of thing. Like yeah. The events of Watchmen are in the past, and this is like 20 years later or something yeah. like that. What's I still gotta watch. in that world, and I'm, I'm still, I'm, uh... My curiosity is definitely peaked. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious to see how they pan that one out, but eh, still got a year to wait, apparently. Interesting for Tim, because he is a giant Lord of the Rings nerd, but uh, Dominic Monaghan <laughs> has been added to the cast of episode nine. Yeah! I did see that. I, because I was traveling, I didn't have too much uh, time to look up, but uh, it doesn't really... It doesn't say that there's any detail about like what anything, he's actually doing. About his role. Yeah, but he it looks like he uh, he's joining the cast, along with a lot of people. Like, they bulk up that cast considerably the last couple weeks so now that they're i think they're getting ready to start shooting so they must be all casted up also i love him he's great totally underrated actor who doesn't get enough like credit for his work was he the one that was in lost yes yeah okay yeah yeah he was good in lost and you know what i really thought that would like give him the legs he needed to like kind of get more recognized yeah but he's he's short and uh he has an accent so hollywood is weird I think he's doing well, like regionally, just not like in big, like international yeah. movies. But I think he's been doing pretty well in more in like just uh, British uh, TV shows and stuff like that. And when he does come over here to work, he tends to work in genre side, of, the genre side of things more than anything else. Yeah. Like I don't see him doing any other movies. It's like he was in Rings and then he was in Lost, and now he's going into Star Wars. So like he he seems to like his sci fi fantasy stuff kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of get that though. They're they're fun like. There are parts that like you can really sink your teeth into and be kind of goofy with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're you know, move, or uh, franchise you can just go kind of have fun in. Yeah, and just be like, this is amazing that I'm getting to be part of this kind of thing. Yeah. Speaking of giant franchises, so Danny Boyle was scheduled to direct on Twenty Five mm-hmm. and has now left, putting really? the entire movie's release up in the air. It was supposed to be out November 9th, two thousand nineteen. And because of Danny Boyle leaving, his writing partner, like the guy who writes the scripts for him, John Hodge, has also left, I guess. And so like the entire thing has been tossed out and the movie could go back to square one. 
which looks yeah. like it will probably delay that movie happening, which means uh, Daniel Craig will be about 78 by the time this movie happens. So by <laughs> or far the go old- to Idris. Do with Old Man Bond. I would like to see an Old Man Bond, but I wish they would have done it with Sean Connery at some point in like the 80s or 90s or something, because yeah. that would have been more interesting to me. Like, I like Daniel Craig. Fine. Don't get me wrong. But like, he's not my Bond. So. Yeah. Hashtag not my Bond. Hashtag not uh. my Bond. He's a good Bond. He's one of my favorites, but he's not Sean Connery. So I've only seen him in one of the movies. I haven't seen the other two. Which one have you seen? Which one? The first one. Actually, there's there's four now. So I've seen the first one. Okay, yeah, because there's because uh, the first one's Casino Royale, and then it's Quantum yeah. of Solace. Solid. Casino Royale was enjoyable though. Casino Royale is yeah. awesome. There's Casino Royale and Skyfall are both excellent movies. I find Quantum of Solace actually is better if you watch it right after Casino Royale. It functions as a direct yeah. sequel, which is kind of mm-hmm. rare in the Bond franchise, and it is a very tonally different movie than what you normally get from a Bond movie. True. Yeah. So I found it interesting. A lot of people hate it, like hate it, hate it. I liked it. And then uh, the last one was Spectre, which had, I liked liked it, but it was a little more, it was more of like going back to the campy kind of 60s, 70s style, like Roger Moore style of the movies, Um, which was weird because they had like Christoph Waltz and stuff like that in there playing Blofeld, and like it could have been a very serious, serious, serious thing, but it, it felt very strange. You know. I do love Christoph Waltz, though. Yeah, that is a franchise we've never really super discussed. Like, I'm super into the Bond movies and have seen them all, but I know you guys aren't. Super I've seen them all at least once, and there are some of them that I've seen multiple times. But it's not something that I go back and revisit on a regular basis. Yeah, no. I used to like they used to do the TBS. Like, we're going to show six Bond movies on like a Saturday yeah. afternoon that I would sit there and watch them all over and over again. I love those movies. But yeah, it's kind of weird because they've got like a list of people who may potentially come in, but like the top of the list is Edgar Wright, which is interesting. John Mark Valley, David McKenzie, and Jan Demange or Demange. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that guy's name, but these are all directors who are potentially on the short list to replace uh, Danny Boyle. Hmm. So I guess we'll see what happens in the next little while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's just never been my my genre. Yeah, I just like spy stuff. Spy stuff is my thing. Oh no, I, I like I just like Mission Impossible and that kind of thing. I've just never been. I don't know. I I'm more about the thrillers. Yeah. <laughs> that's like adventure. But anyway, sorry I interrupted your thought. It's a little over top, over the top sometimes, but I always enjoyed the Bond <laughs> movies. So I don't know if either of you guys have read this, but Isaac Asimov's Foundation is finally being made into a TV show and brought to the air by Apple, of all people, who Who'da? are getting into TV production now. Apple like, is an iPhone Apple. No, like, no, no. Like the other name you mentioned. Isaac Asimov is yeah, a yeah. massively famous sci-fi writer, like historically legendary sci-fi writer um, from like the, I guess like post-war kind of thing. I think he wrote this story in like 1942. So he was working kind of pre, I don't even know. He worked through the sixties and seventies too. Like he's been, he, I'm not sure if he's still alive. I think he died a couple of years ago, but yeah, I've either way, it's this huge sprawling saga of a show that like people thought was impossible to shoot. And now they're going to do something with it. The Apple for t- it's already got a 10 episode order huh. and it's being written by, or it's being like produced or like developed by David S. Goyer, which doesn't necessarily fill my, my heart with, comfort and then but uh the guy who ran sarah connor chronicles josh friedman who like that show was excellent yeah and it's also being produced by skydance which is the company behind the current terminator mission impossible movies and star trek movies so it's got some pedigree behind it that could work out i've never read the foundation trilogy books it's one of those things that like when you tell somebody like yeah i'm into sci-fi they're like oh my god have you read the foundation trilogy and i'm like yeah but it's it's just it's always I've always got the impression from talking to people about it that it's really not particularly accessible. 
It is. Uh, I've only gotten through the first book of the trilogy, yeah. and that was a slog. And I don't remember much of it because it was ten or fifteen years ago when I tried to, when I read it. And like, I'm curious to see how this TV show turns out, just because like it is a very like big story. Like it's a huge, huge story. Um, like very sprawling and epic kind of story. So I'm like, how the fuck are they going to pull this off? Like it makes Game of Thrones seem like small in comparison. <laughs> well, and, yeah, that's a big so. claim. And I mean, I do yeah. love those big sprawling like sci-fi fantasy epic kind of things. So it's a, if it comes, yeah, if it if the series comes to fruition, it is probably something I'll give a shot to. Yeah, I feel kind of like I've lost some geek cred not knowing what this is. It's very like classic like pre-Star Trek sci-fi, which kind of is oh. a weird like. It's all like old novel science fiction. So from like the turn of the century, kind of like through the middle of it before TV and stuff like that. Like that was okay. it's very pulp kind of stuff. Yeah, it's the era it's of like taken very seriously. Ray Bradbury and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Like Isaac, I think Isaac Asimov, I don't know. He was one of those guys who I don't think he ever actually wrote for TV. A lot of those guys ended up working on like Star Trek and the Twilight Zone and stuff like that. Oh, going okay. yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. he ever actually did. Um, he may have done some Twilight Zone stuff, but I don't remember particularly but he was a hugely influential writer sci-fi writer back then like mm-hmm. people still name him as like an influence and stuff now absolutely so uh, i'm curious about the show so i like I, I only picked this one up because i really like when christy grabs these weird random science things but scientists will soon drop antimatter to see how it behaves in gravity Ooh! feels like a fucking horrible idea um <laughs> But it does bring to mind. Drop it from like, what's that? I don't know. Just drop it in general on Earth so that like it can see how gravity affects it. I guess like that's the whole yeah whole of this thing. This sounds like a terrible idea. This sounds like the start of a like Black Mirror episode or some shit. Yeah, basically, I was just gonna say it's like remember that thing I sent you guys about like how uh, Vulcans and other people view the humans in Star Trek, yeah. or they're just like the Doc Browns of the universe. Like this is very much the like Doc, a Doc Brown. Brown just doing stupid shit without r- r- any any view to the consequences. Yeah. Yeah, basically, yeah. just like because we can do it, like they're the uh, what do they call? Oh, the the hold my beer race of yeah. the universe, the human. Hold my beer race, <laughs> right. guys. We're gonna because it's this. like no, don't do that. Too late. Yeah, hold my beer. Hold on. <laughs> so you really shouldn't do this, but uh, oh wait, hold my beer. I'll try. Like it's that's that's kind of how this reads to me. It's just like we're just gonna try it because I'm sure they're taking precautions to not cause like a catastrophic explosion because. <laughs> Matter, I'd say matter reaction. Like, there's a reason why, like, even in sci-fi, they use it to power like engines and shit like that because it's an insane yeah. energy output. Yeah. So that is a uh, a dangerous but kind of cool to see how far humanity has come. Game. It is. Yeah, I'm just, but I'm just curious if we're at the point where we're ready to just be start to just fuck around with it and be like, hey, we're gonna drop it and see what happens and like see if gravity affects antimatter because you know we're real super fucking keen on blowing up a. <laughs> really large percentage of the planet or whatever would happen at that point so you know what though like (laughs) if no but still if something terrible were to happen my dad made this like really dark like cryptic point once he was like you know where we are in the world if anything were to like because of the places they're doing big research and everything if there was to be any sort of nuclear explosion we'd just be gone we wouldn't even know what happened yeah wouldn't be like very depressing yeah you don't want to be like on the fringes where you have like no. the slow, painful death or like, yeah, you kind of don't want to survive. I guess you don't want to survive the initial, like, no kind of thing. Cause I'm picturing like my brain is automatically going to Star Trek because we're talking about antimatter. And like, Tim, you've seen Star Trek six, right? Like, yeah. where Praxis blows up the moon and they show the moon like just obliterated after the fact. Yeah, and, the and, the people, yeah, and the people that are just like barely hanging on on it and like 
suffering terribly and yeah like on approximately a fifth of the planet that is left they're still like transmitting from the surface yeah. and that kind of stuff but like most of the the moon is gone and shit i'm like that's basically what i'm picturing in my head right now and i'm like we don't have an enterprise to come save us so like we're <laughs> fucked we yep fucked. screwed so a couple quick ones apparently they're adding like we've talked about batwoman being added to the arrowverse crossover next year so uh tyler hawkland's uh superman will also be part of that crossover Woo-hoo. and they are ca- casting and adding a lois lane I did see that oh cool so that's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah, um, they've already I don't know who they've they... already name checked her a couple of times. Well, they had her sister on the show, like her. Uh, it was Joanne Tatum. Oh God, what was her name? Uh, they played Lucy Lane. They played Lucy. Yeah, she's uh, Channing Tatum's wife or ex-wife, I guess. Now I think they split up in the interim, but either way, and so she played her sister Lucy Lane. So I don't know. They haven't talked about who they're going to cast as Lois yet, but. It's cool that they're actually kind of expanding the world a little bit. And I guess now with Gotham being going off the air at the end of this year or next year, the yeah. Batman characters are back in play for the CW mm. shows. So they can start like that's why they're able to pull in Batwoman and stuff like that. So yeah. they're able to now start pulling in like maybe a version of Superman or like Robin or Nightwing or something like that. Like they've been talking about it, but the rumors have been floating around that that's a possibility. So nice. Yeah, I'd be down for that. In other TV show news, we're all free. Big Bang Theory has finally been canceled. <laughs> Ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah. Thank fucking God that shit's over. I'm still watching it, but it's not. That show's never been good. That show's never been good, Tim. You should. I'm removing I mean, your heat I, card. I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for it because I like was in grad school when it first started coming out and everything, and so like I do have some empathy for those characters, and I mean, I think. Even though they are sort of caricatures, we yeah. can all identify with them to some extent. <laughs> the only thing I identify with them is like my desperate need for all of them to die in a car fire. Oh so, God! Yeah, I hate. I don't. I don't think any of them want them all to well, die in a car fire. Well, I'm sure. Like, I think you might. Be after, I'm sure them. after a couple years of living with that Sheldon guy, the other guy would probably want to just die in a car fire. But he does have pennies, so I guess whatever. Yeah, it took a long time to get him penny though. It was like, oh, Leonard just pulled a trigger, man. <laughs> there you go anyway i just wanted to celebrate that that fucking horrible show is gone now wonderful but we still have young sheldon oh that's, that's true. true we that do is, still have young sheldon <laughs> and mic. i think that was the main reason i think that uh big bang theory has ended was that what's his name that plays sheldon just wanted to move on oh is that why how long has that show been going on like it's like 10 years now right like it's been gone on it yeah, feels it's, like it's, it's like 12th season yeah it's nuts i think i watched jim like parsons. A season jim, jim parsons i yeah. think yeah, Jim Parsons was like, "I this has run its course. I'm done with this. I'm moving." Well, on. yeah, because he also has to like, you know, he has to carry that facade around with him day to day, like people stopping him, and like that's a lot of energy and work to put into playing that character. Yeah, yeah, uh, a lot. I'm glad the show's over. Yeah. Fuck that show. Yeah, it has been. It started in 2007. Oh man, so oh. Be- my dad's gonna be devastated. It's like his favorite show. Ugh. <laughs> My dad loves it too. I think it is a very dad show. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I finally got my dad to start watching The Wire, so I'm feeling good about myself yes. right now. So the the woman who is credited with creating Jessica Jones for Netflix, uh, Melissa Rosenberg, is leaving to go over to the Warner Brothers side of things, Warner Brothers TV. Interesting. So I don't know what that, that. actually means. I think they she will have done like finished the work to get season three wrapped up, which I, I, it looks like it's already done, even though they don't have. Uh, date announced Seems. for it like the other ones 
It's probably there. Soon, considering it just the, came out at the beginning of last. Two, yeah, just came. That's out impressive. The They're like though those year. major shows for Netflix. They pump. They like get them out. Well, they try to do. They try to do one a year, right? And like that kind of make. They've been they because of the way the Defenders was set up. They were able to kind of like let a, a little bit more space in between the shows. Not the Defenders, like the actual show. I'm just talking about like all these series now. The characters. Yeah, yeah like the way all the shows are set up. Yeah, I still haven't Didn't finished Luke Cage yet. Season two. Yeah. I really enjoyed season two of Luke Cage. I thought it was great. Yeah. And then the trailer for Iron Fist that came out, was it last week or the week before? I don't think we talked about it. It was fucking really cool. I was very excited mm. to see that. Like they got actually had him in like the ma- like a version of the mask in and the stuff mask. like that. I didn't see that really yet. Good. It looks good. It looks much better. Uh, it looks more like they kind of they took the notes that they got from uh, Defenders from and like us. even the way. Yes, us uh, also. Yeah, they probably listened to us. And... Yeah. They're like, come on, guys. You can good do job, Marvel. You can do Danny better than this. Like, there's a, there's a better <laughs> way to do Danny. I don't really like. I think the actor is good too. He just wasn't given strong like. Well, they that that show's been gutted. Like, they've given that. Like, that's a whole new showrunner slash like production staff yeah. for season two of Iron Fist now. So, like, I don't think I think tonally that show's gonna be very different when it does come back. I'm curious to see if Jessica Jones survives like losing their creator. I'm assuming the show's such a big hit for Netflix that they'll just keep it around oh, yeah. as much as long. And I feel like out of all the shows, that'll be the one that they just kind of let keep happening in perpetuity because it's probably not super expensive to produce. And like they just like having a female-led superhero on their network kind of thing. Like it works probably really well yeah. for PR for them. And Kristen Ritter seems to just fucking love playing Jessica Jones. Yes. And we all love Kristen Ritter playing Jessica Jones. So why not have her do as much of it as possible? Yeah, she's pretty rad. Yeah. I will keep watching that in perpetuity. Oh, I, the, the Netflix shows have got me all the way through like those are the ones that i will stick with regardless because they're just like oh it's a it's a binge and then i'm done like i'm not waiting through 22 weeks of bullshit like the cw shows so so you're gonna wait in line to see mike coulter at uh dragon con i'm sure his panels are gonna have lines yeah probably i saw his shot up hoodie while i was at uh in seattle at the mopop oh, nice. thing so that was kind of neat Close enough. yeah uh all right so what was the last thing oh tim this one's for you they are making doom patrol for tv they have cast mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser as oh, cool. uh, Robot Man, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah, I think it took me a, se- a second to sort of think about that, but Robot Man is not a particularly popular character. So for those of our listeners that don't know him, it's basically a uh, the guy was a race car driver. He got in a really bad accident and basically only his brain survived. And yeah. so Niles Calder, who's the um, sort of Professor X of uh, the Doom Patrol, puts robot puts this guy's brain into a robot body and. I mean, just imagine that existence. Like, you can't feel anything anymore. Yeah. Like, and so the character ends up like developing a really morbid sense of humor to deal with like the emotional fucking stress of being a bra- human brain in a robot body. Oof. So I think I think that Brendan Fraser could pull that off. Yeah, I'm not. I'm fucking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking excited for this show. Do Patrol is like one of those like stealth comic book series that I really enjoy. Like, they do some cool yeah. shit, and it's very like. It's really fucking weird if they want it to be like it can get fucking really weird if they want to go that way, which I think would be a cool direction for them to take the show. Like we've got a ton of these superhero shows already. Like if they're going to do it this way. Let yeah, this it would be in be like, like the vein. It could be like in the Legion vein. kind of. Yeah, way. it could be very, it could be very, very strange, which I'm excited about because that the world of Doom Patrol is really fucking neat. I need to watch mm-hmm. Legion still. I think Legion you would like. Yeah, Legion you didn't. My mark. The first season. Like cool. watch it. I'm like, okay, I will. There was a, you should, I, I probably should just send people to read this, but if you go on io9, uh, Kelly Mary Tran, the woman from Star Wars who was kind of forced off social media, yeah. has posted an actual comment about like what happened and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Um, yeah. 
So if you go to io9 and just like type her name and you can read the whole thing, there's a lot here. Like she did a very Pretty long compelling. Interview. It is very compelling and it just makes like everybody on the internet sound fucking horrific. So did you should also. What did she, um, I'll read it for myself, but like. The, the gist of it was, was like that basically played right into her insecurities of like being a minority actor in general, where you already feel like you should be sort of reg- relegated to smaller roles oh. and sidelines and not like lead roles kind of thing. And so the issue wasn't necessary. Like it was basically that it was starting to impact her and she was starting to feel like these people were right kind oh. of thing. And that was the point where she was like, okay, I need to just get away from this. Get away from the internet. Yeah. yeah. Basically. All right. So last news story, uh, Stanley has been granted a three year restraining order against his former manager and guardian. So hopefully stands That's like, I mean, Kia, Kia Morgan, right? Yeah, Kia Morgan. So uh, a man Lee himself alleges tried to gain control of the Marvel Legends considerable wealth. So like he's been so it's Lee's lawyer, Jonathan Freund, requested that Lee be granted a new restraining order against Morgan. And I guess it looks like it's been put through. So I don't know, like Lee, like Lee's fucking life now at this point is just like horrifying to me. I'm like, he's 95 and like can't trust anybody around him. And yeah, like has been really sick, too. That's so like devastating. I don't know. And we lost Neil Simon today. Oh, did we? I didn't see that at all. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, we had, there was a couple of deaths this week that I didn't think were like DRD relevant. So, but yeah, they were. Well, Neil Simon. Yeah. Is special. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Sad. All right. Uh, now that we've been sad, let's uh, move on to Geek of the Week. Right. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Didn't you miss that, Mark? Uh, not overly. This is uh, the segment of the show where we tell each other the geekiest things we did this week. So we're going to start geeky with things. Christy because she keeps talking. So <laughs> Geeky things. What was the geekiest thing you did this week? Oh, man. Um, I did a lot of geeky things this week. I um, Okay, let me think about this. Well, I had a, an audition for Bad Dog Theater's improv uh, studio performance series yesterday, which is a big deal. If I don't get in, I'll understand because I went for the audition. I was like, holy shit, these are all really good improvisers. <laughs> and then finally picked out the idea that it was going to be a Harry Potter themed wedding, which is pretty geeky. That is like the geekiest yeah. thing you told us so far this week. So, <laughs> But the geekiest thing, I don't know if you guys saw, Mark messaged me yesterday. He was at the Computer Museum's garage sale because he's helping them right now because he knew Sid yeah. who passed away. Yeah. And they were doing their annual garage sale. And he sent me a text. He was like, how much do you like Firefly? And I was like, I fucking love Firefly. Why would you not? You know me. Do you not know me at all? Like, of course I love Firefly. He brought home a signed script. Oh, nice. um, For uh, episode three. Oh, so that's what she posted to your Instagram story that I skipped past real quick. I understand now. Fair. (laughs) All right. Cool. Because all there was was you screaming. Because you're just screaming in that story. Yeah. So I was like, uh, Yeah, I'm going, oh my God! Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just got a, a signed Firefly script. It's very cool. Like, very cool. How cool is that? And Mark brought home the original Omen signed by the director. Like the script? Yeah. Nice. So wait, he got like a Richard Donner? Uh, yes. Oh, nice. That's, that's fucking cool, man. Donner, like, the Omen's a good, like... The Omen's one of those 70s horror movies, like, super underrated. Like, I know people talk about it a lot, but I don't feel like it gets spoken of in the same, like, breath as Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist as much as it probably should. Like, it's very yeah, well done. And, like, Gregory Peck, man, just locking that shit yeah. down. 
Yeah. Like, talk about a dramatic center for a movie. So good. You guys I've never seen, never seen it. it. Of course. Of course, Christy's <laughs> never seen it. So I thought it was the remake that he got in the script. I was like, why the fuck would he want that? Oh, <laughs> just didn't even pay any attention to it. Liv- who's in that? Like, Look, what that? Like, Leave Schreiber and like... Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like Reese Witherspoon or some shit. Like it's some little blonde. I can't remember I who it was. I don't think I saw the remake. I never saw it either. Uh, I, I skipped remakes of all the, like they I, they did Poltergeist like a year or two ago, and I was like, I'm not. There's no fucking way they're gonna nail that the way Spielberg nailed that. Like it's yeah. just not gonna fucking happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching that. That's insane. I really now I'm curious who played the fucking wife in the remake. And the remake. But yeah, so that was probably Julia just Stiles. like losing. Yes, I was right. Hmm? Julia Styles. Okay. But yeah, I just like lost my brains. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Who's it signed by in which episode? So it's episode three. Which is which the... is oh, uh, what's it called again? Back not backwashed. <laughs> Bushwhack. Bushwhack. Bushwhack, thank you. And I this the other geeky thing I did was I watched the episode last night and followed along in the script. And it's so different. Yeah, Joss like, did a lot of um he would let his actors like they would do like a script solid script reading version of the shoot yeah and then they would do like a kind of fiddle around like ad lib with it part of the shoot and you'll yeah. see episodes of angel or buffy it's like i i have never looked at a script for a firefly episode but the, you'll see that where like some bits like very like lore heavy bits in buffy will be like right out of the script like they just read directly off the page but the more conversational stuff between the scoobies will be more like general kind of like they'll have stuff in the script that is like very specific and then like what they actually say is way more Buffy speak kind of thing because the actors as they got yeah. into it kind of learned how to just kind of be their characters a little bit more so I assume he would do the same thing on Firefly because um, those actors were all well, excellent like Nathan yeah. Fillion and Marina Bacharin that would be <sighs> I was like losing it though because it was just it was so cool and like to have that in my hands and like in my house I have it's signed by the entire cast so like you have Marina Baccarin's signature like yeah is there any- I have Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk's well, my, signature no, my actual question would be like you have some of Marina Baccarin's DNA like can we get <laughs> she didn't sign it in no. blood hey I'm just asking I don't know how she signed it I want to know <laughs> it's important to me that we know that's cool though yeah so I lost my marbles that's awesome uh Tim what about you uh ultimately my geek of the week is going to be my meat of the episode but since since i did a lot of nerdy shit on my trip but what i'll actually say is sort of just what i did on my downtime during our trip so when we were like traveling stuff like that which was that uh, i read through another seven or eight chapters of the silmarillion uh so i'm I'm now uh i'm i am into the part now that reads a lot more like narratively oh good yeah Uh, yeah the like Fanor making the Silmarils, and I just got past for anybody that has read the Silmarillion, and I just got past the Kinsling. Um, oh, okay, so I'm, I'm now getting into the parts that just are a lot more digestible, and where you don't necessarily have to be like going back and referring to the fucking maps and the uh, appendix and the index and stuff like that constantly. I remember when I read it. I read it. I don't remember. Like it was, I was in college or something like that. And I think I had my first smartphone. So I literally put the appendix on the smartphone so that I could be oh, reading nice. and just go over to the smartphone and like read what I needed, like look up what I needed. Cause you could do like yeah. find, right? So yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't remember that name. Just find it and be like, all right, that makes sense. I mean, I don't remember anything about that, but fine. I have context kind of now and just keep going. Cause that book yeah. is very, the first half of it, especially is like insanely dense with just like data dump. Especially considering how many people have like eight different names kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. which like, and then Ugh. you look back and you're like, 
oh, that's the same person that he was just talking about, but now he's just using a different name for him. He's using yeah. the elven name rather than their common tongue name or whatever kind of thing. Yeah, and then the, the, the same the other way, too, where, like, very like lots of characters have, like, family names that kind of get repeated, and you're like, wait, fuck, yeah. that was, like, 500 years ago. Is this the same? Oh, it's the family thing. the same thing. Denethor or a different Denethor? Yeah, like, which Denethor is this? <laughs> Denethor the 14th? Denethor the 3rd? Like, I don't know. What yeah, the fuck's God. Very, it's very, like, there's just a lot in there. It's, yeah. So I feel like somebody should needs to make like a hot linked version of it where like every, you know, thing that's in the index is just like you can like, you know, it, it would be like a tablet copy, an e-copy. You can yeah. just click on it and it would like pop up a little thing like that would bring up the index entry for that person. So you wouldn't have to keep switching back and forth. I think Apple Books has functionality like that built into it where like they, they do like hyperlink things and you can like if you that gets Apple stuff. So like if you force touch, but like lightly force touch, it does pop up. It brings the appendix entry up kind of thing. So that might be the best way to read this book. I mean, if I was going to recommend people read this book, which I usually don't because it is difficult to get through. Like it's not an easy read unless you're like really into that lore kind of thing. So I've been enjoying it. It's just that that first like few chat first four or five chapters were like really dense. But now I'm in I'm like three or four chapters into well, maybe more than that into the much more digestible and much more narrative stuff. So I'm starting to enjoy it a lot more and not falling, not being like falling asleep quite as much when I'm reading it. Nice. Nice. <laughs> You're like, no, this is, this is, this is reasonable. I can, I can get through yeah. this. I didn't want to travel with like a shit ton of comics. Like I normally was. Cause I was traveling like all over the fucking world, Western hemisphere yeah. kind of thing. And so I didn't want to, so I, I did bring some comics, but once I got through those, I was like, all right, novel time. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Glad you had a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, my Geek of the Week, I did a horror movie this week, which is very strange for me, but I got super baked last night and watched Hereditary. <laughs> Holy shit, is that movie well made up to a point? It kind of goes weird at the end. Like, it's very, like, it goes over the top horror at the end, but, like, leading up to it is a traumatic experience. Like, I think it would probably be traumatic even if I wasn't, like, three joints in, but, like, it was a tough sit at that level of high, so... I don't need to watch this fucking movie. You really should watch it. You'll like you'll like it a lot. It does it lends itself back, like we were just talking about the omen, but it lends itself back to that like era of well thought out horror. Yeah, kind yeah. of from that like the late seventies and eighties and stuff like that. It ends in a way more like shocky, kind of gory way, like what you would expect from like a paranormal activity movie, maybe, maybe a high budget paranormal activity movie anyway. But like the the lead up to it is just so like there's a sequence about at the end of the first act, like leading into the second act, that is so fucking tense that I think I ground a hole into the seat like <laughs> end from like digging my fingers into it. Like it's so oh, intense just because like of something that, that happens. What's that's that the kind of horror I enjoy? So, Oh, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love this movie. And that's why I suggested what I suggested for October is like, I would love to review this movie with you guys. And, like, have you guys actually watch it? Cause I figure Christy will stop talking to us if we make her watch this movie. Like it's, <laughs> And this is oh, that goal? sounds like a treat. It, <laughs> it's so like it's so traumatizing through the first half of the movie, but it's like really well done. And you'd love it, Christy, though. Like Tony Collette, like acts her ass off. Like she's yeah, I I love Tony Collette. She does some really cool stuff. And the guy, the kid who plays her son, uh, I want to say Alex Wolf. He's been in something else. He was he's um, he's played Gabriel Byrne's son before, I guess, in another movie a couple years. Oh, ago. has he? Yeah. So Gabriel Byrne plays Tony Collette's husband in the movie as well. So it's, it's, there's a lot of powerhouse fucking acting going on. And the kid actually, like the son, actually has the best performance out of everybody, which surprised the shit out of me. Like he's just so traumatized by everything that's going on around him that like he starts to really lose it. And I start to be- actually believe he was having some problems. That was very well done. So check out Hereditary if you get a chance. It is terrifying, but it's it's worth it. Uh, <laughs> that'll be that'll be a Halloween watch for me this oh, year. Yeah. 
I was, yeah. I was just, I was dying to see it. So when I finally hit the net, I was like, oh my God, I have to watch this movie. People have been talking about it for like months and months and months. And yeah. uh, I've been dying to see it. So as soon as it came out, I was like, oh yes, gotta hop on, gotta hop on. If there hadn't been so many fucking uh, comic book movies this year, then I probably would have gone out and seen it. But yeah, I, I had a hard time finding one near me when it actually came to when I when it actually came out theatrically. Like, it, like yeah. the closest one was like downtown, and I'm like, I'm not driving into Toronto like on a Friday night to see a movie because yeah, especially this is the kind of movie where like if the crowd doesn't work, it's probably going to affect the way the movie works, kind of thing. Like yeah, if the crowd's true. being shitty, it's going to be like, wow, this is going to this is just sapping all the tension out of the air. So yeah. I was like, better to take it and watch it in my dark basement kind of thing with the surround. Yeah, that's movie. my other thing. I, I don't, yeah, I don't like going to watch horror movies in the theaters usually because you always get like people that are like yelling to the screen and shit like that. And, it's you know, yeah, it's a hit or miss. It's a hit or miss experience for me. Like I like going like the theater experience is awesome if everybody's in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you go and like when I saw Super Troopers and everybody was baked and just laughing along or like. That first screening of Infinity War where everybody was just like, <gasps> like that yeah. kind of shit going on. True. So like a horror movie, if it works, like everybody's in the crowd and like committed to being watching a horror movie and not being an asshole, it can be amazing. But at the same time, you get that one group of high school kids giggling or playing on their cell phones or yeah, making the noise that happens in the movie all the time, like in the quiet parts and stuff. It's like, fucking yeah. shut up and die, you little bastards who allowed yeah. you to be born. <laughs> I know. Grow up, you yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, basically. How'd you get into an R-rated movie? So yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, definitely go check out Hereditary, and we will talk more about horror movie stuff coming up because uh, October's coming Not up. Too far off from Halloween. No, but we'll we'll get into that post Dragon Con. So well, maybe we'll talk about it at the end of the episode and actually make a decision. But we'll figure that out later. That seems like a pretty good segue, though. The the segue to the meat of the episode. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, yeah. That's what I was shooting for, Kristen. Thank you. So, oh, okay, I didn't recognize the meat of the episode. Around the world, meat. Yeah, I feel dirty for almost kind of contributing to that sting. Uh, so <laughs> that's why I did it so quickly. The uh, the meat of the episode this week is we're just going to talk about the trips we've all been on recently. Most. Specifically, like I, we've heard about mine and Christie's a little bit, but not Tim's at all. And he looked like they had a lot of fun. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. his wife more than Tim was posting a lot of shit to social media, which uh, I was enjoying seeing. So, yeah, I've still got a bit of a backlog of stuff yeah. I need to post. So we're gonna start. Uh, we'll start right there. We'll start with Tim and talk about uh, his trip. All right, let's see. What's the best way to go about this? So I mentioned on the podcast, sort of the whole impetus for this trip was. Um, that we wanted to go see this Tolkien exhibit at Oxford at their Bodleian Library called Tolkien Maker of Middle Earth, where they had like a bunch of his like letters and artifacts from his life and original artwork and stuff like that, because he also did a lot of the illustrations. So that was kind of the point to begin with was we wanted to go over and see this. So we got our tickets booked for that and then sort of built a whole trip around it. So we started out. Uh, going to Paris, and then we went to Disneyland Paris for a couple days. Well, first you started up here. <laughs> yes, the first first leg of the trip. Well, we we recorded at the end of the first leg of the trip, which right, was... that's right. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So, but that was mainly, I guess that that can count because I went and saw. Well, I think I mentioned it on our last or our last episode. I was on our last episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were went and saw Rocky Horror at Stratford. So. But uh, just after I left the guys and uh, we finished recording that episode, I went to the airport. We flew from Toronto to Paris uh, overnight flight. And then immediately like that morning, got off the plane in Paris at like 9 a.m. or something like that 
and went to Disneyland. Nice. <laughs> Having gotten like a few hours of sleep max kind of thing. And uh, you're not, so, so you're not a plane. I'm, I'm going to assume you're not a plane sleeper either. Not usually. I can like if I'm really fucking exhausted. But like if I'm trying to force myself, I can't really. And usually what I'll do is I'll just try and force myself to stay awake so that I'll get over the jet lag that next night. Like even if I end up being exhausted the next day, I'll be like, yeah. OK, at least I know that I'm going to fucking sleep really well tonight. And then I'll wake up the next morning in a normal time and then. All will be well. Yeah. But yes. Yes. So we went to Disneyland Paris. Uh, it was the first time that I'd been to an international Disney park. So that was really cool. Yeah. Was that um, awesome? Yeah. It was. So the there it, it was a mixed bag, to be honest. We stayed on one of like the on-property resorts, which was the Sequoia Lodge, which is kind of like, if anybody's been to the Wilderness Lodge at Disney World, it's kind of like that. But there are resorts don't seem to really be like up to the par of the u.s disney resorts mm. um that being said we really didn't like it was still a fine it just wasn't like amazing like i normally expect like a disney hotel to be mm. but we didn't really spend much time in the room anyways and it was basically just like this is just to sleep in and so the first day we went to disney studios which is a really weird kind of all over the place park that and i kind of heard had heard that it's not the best park it had a couple really cool rides. Like it has a uh, Ratatouille ride and a little like Paris, really well themed like Paris area. Oh, cool! Um, and the Rat and the Ratatouille ride is like your the whole ride is like from a a rat's point of view kind of thing. So like you're going on this little adventure like through the kitchen and through the restaurant, like trying to avoid all the people that are you know cooking around you. And at one point you get like stuck under an oven, and then the heat comes on over top of you and there's actually like flames above you and stuff and oh cool yeah it's really it, that was a really fun ride but besides that like the other stuff at disney studios was eh. i mean there was some some good stuff but the, most of the rides that they had there that were like the same as rides in like u.s disney parks were just like okay this is fine but i didn't really need to come to paris for this kind of thing yeah um, yeah but you kind of had to go because you were there and like you're disney yeah guy, exactly like, and then they do that yeah they did have one other pretty cool uh it was a finding nemo themed coaster like where you're riding through the east australian current with crush that one was pretty fun That's those bad. are the only two like things in disney studios that i was like yeah this these are really cool but disneyland paris like the actual like disneyland paris park was really fucking cool their fantasy land in particular like it's europe does this old you know it's the fantasy land idea in general is sort of just this like old world european charm yeah so you would expect that a fucking like disneyland park in paris europe like in would france, get it yeah. right yeah <laughs> and they really do like it's it's probably the best fantasy land that i've been to in any of the disney parks um just in terms of the overall theming I will say, like, the upkeep on it wasn't quite as good as, like, the upkeep that I'm used to in, like, Disney World. Like, stuff wasn't, there was, like, chipped paint here and there and that kind of thing that was a little, like, jarring and would take you out of things. But overall, it was really, really cool. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. We we ate at the their California Girl restaurant was in their Disneyland hotel, which overlooks the park itself. Um, nice. So that was the very first night before we'd even gone into the Disneyland park. But from where we were eating dinner, we could see the castle and see the fireworks and everything. And they were going off like while we were eating dinner. So that was really nice. Yeah. I don't know. And then we ate at uh Waltz on main street, Waltz an American restaurant when we were at Disneyland Paris and it overlooks main street. So it's actually up on like the second floor. So oh, you're like cool. looking out over the main, over main street. And it has um, 
a bunch of like not necessarily like it's it's just themed like sort of an old like main street kind of restaurant like it's got a bunch of like old pictures of walt from his like life growing up kind of thing which was cool i was almost gonna ask like who the fuck are you talking about who's walt (laughs) (laughs) caught back up because my my i was just talking to my parents about breaking bad and i was like why are you talking about Walter White? I was yeah, like, oh, right. exactly. Wait, we're talking yeah, about they have, they have, they have a yeah, they have a meth, the meth lab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For dessert, you eat uh, like rock candy that looks like the blue meth. Oh man, let's do it. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the Disney World I want to go to. Right yeah. next door to the seven, the seven amusement oh, park. As well. <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> yeah, it's just horrific. It's like I was just gonna ask, like, why don't they just do like a Game of Thrones fantasy land? I'm like, nobody wants to go to fucking Westeros. The place is horrific. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You just get eaten by fucking dragons or some shit, and I don't know. Yeah, or walk down the street naked and scream shame at or whatever other horrific thing they could possibly. (laughs) That'd be fun. Some people might be into that. You never know. Hey, I don't judge, but uh, not for me. Not for (laughs) me. Yeah, like they're the only thing that was kind of disappointing is in Paris, which we knew going into it was that their version of the haunted mansion, their Phantom Manor, was closed for refurbishment. And from what I understand, it really needed it, but I still really wanted to see that, so it was disappointing. But everything else about Disneyland, the Disneyland park was really cool. Their fireworks were great. Their parade was pretty cool. I definitely recommend going to Disneyland Paris if you're a Disney parks nerd. Oh, and we got to eat in like the restaurant inside the Pirates oh, of the Caribbean sick. restaurant on our last day before we left. Yeah, and so it's like overlooking like the little bayou kind of thing, and that was the restaurants we ate in were all like themed really well. And uh, uh, I don't know. Do you want me to just fucking keep going here? Yeah, may as well. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after Disneyland, we went into Paris proper and uh, we, uh, on our very first afternoon there, we went to the Louvre and it was weird. We were supposed, we- where we were staying was really cute little hotel. Like that was right down, like literally five minute walk from the Louvre. So we we're really convenient to everything um the hotel room was fucking tiny but it's paris so i kind of expected it was going to be yeah. tiny it's still a nice hotel but the louvre was supposed to be open late on wednesday nights but it was apparently like a public holiday that day so it was actually open and only open till like six and we didn't end up getting there until like 3 30 oh we were planning to spend like the oh, whole no. evening there and then got when we got in yeah you know, we got in and found out oh we've only got that like two hours in a bit here so yeah yeah there's a lot to see in that building too. It is. It's fucking huge. And yeah. like you could spend a week in there easily kind of thing. But we still got to go around and see like all the stuff we really wanted to. Like we saw the Mona Lisa, we saw the Venus de Milo, we saw like nice. Winged Victory, uh, and way, way, way more. So yeah, Louvre is fucking amazing and massive and fun. Uh but the nice thing was that um, because it closed early, we got a chance to go up to Montmartre and Sacré-Cœur that evening, which we were planning to do eventually, but we were just like, well, we got kids <laughs> to the Louvre, so let's just go to do that tonight. Yeah, sure. We actually met up with a couple of my friends from grad school that are living in the Netherlands right now. They came down and hung out with us in Paris for those couple of days, uh, and they were staying up in Montmartre. So we went up and met with them, and we did a little, like, Amelie tour so oh cool so we went to the restaurant for dinner where amelie worked and alicia got like the got creme brulee there and did like the cracking it with the teaspoon oh and the crack and yeah um they've got like a little shrine to the amelie movie in the restaurant still 
Um, and that was like really like your typical like little French cafe. Like we were sitting like out on the street, like out you know on the sidewalk kind of thing, and just watching the cars go by, people watching that kind of thing. And that sounds lovely. And we also went to at the base of the steps leading up to Sacre Coeur, which is a, an old church, is the little park that has the carousel in it from the movie. We rode on that carousel and. I, don't know. See, I have no context for Amelie's stuff, so I apologize. You should watch it. <laughs> maybe I should. It would be a lighter fare than Hereditary was, so yes, yeah, maybe I'll watch. Maybe I'll watch that tonight so I can sleep. Yeah. You might enjoy that one, Stone. You might also just be like, "What the hell is happening?" <laughs> That's that. That is most of that kind of movie when I'm baked. So yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, and then not that night, but another day in Paris, we went to the bridge where Amelie skips the stones off of uh, down the canal as well. Nice. I mean, the rest of Paris was mostly just like doing uh, like the touristy stuff. Like we did go to the Eiffel Tower one day and we do. Oh, we did, we went to Versailles. Uh, if you've never fucking been to the Palace of Versailles, it is insane. Yeah, we studied it in arts and like in art school, they made us like look at that. So uh, yeah. I would, I, I'd be curious to get it. I got to go over there and like get in that building and see what it's like. Yeah, it is crazy and just massive, and the gardens go on forever. Like we spent the whole day there. We got there by like ten thirty or something like that, and stayed there until like after six, because um, all the gardens and stuff are all pretty much public anyway. So like yeah. the house itself closes, but you can just walk around these massive gardens with like sculptures and crazy hedges and fountains and shit. And part of part of me is just like, oh my god, how did one guy ever think that this was a fucking reasonable house to make and live in kind of thing i can absolutely understand why the french revolution happened when <laughs> this is what their fucking uh royalty was living in yeah and yeah 20 the, uh the, the story like the when you see the opulence in some of those like yeah like palaces and like homes and stuff like that in france like especially like turn of the century france you're like yeah i know why they charge the top these fuckers heads off because yeah yikes yeah and it was just like and they they make reference to it like when you're you know listening to like the audio tour like reading the little plaques and shit like that they talk about like how many artifacts were quote unquote lost and stuff like that it's like no what happened is the fucking French Revolution happened and people came in here and took all that shit looted it all yeah, <laughs> yeah basically all. and you're just sort of glossing over that part of it well. <laughs> It's a tourist attraction, not a, uh, you're not going to give them like the hard fucking horrific truth of like all the people that lived in this home died horribly at the hands of the, uh, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. And we, the proletariat uh, or whatever, I guess that's Russian anyway. And on those same grounds and everything, we, there's also the Grand Trianon and Le Pich, the Petit Trianon. The Petit Trianon is where Marie Antoinette, that was sort of her part of the estate. So you get to go over there and like see her little like cottage which is still pretty fucking big yeah big yeah compared to versailles it's a fucking cottage yeah but yeah it was it was just I, i'd been there before but i hadn't been out to uh the petit train on the uh, grand train on but they were also uh, uh hold on a second uh do you guys want ice cream yeah ice cream man, ice cream man! By the house. <laughs> so where'd you go like you guys did paris and like you did france and stuff like that like what did you was that yeah, the, only, the only other thing in in yeah Paris we 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 only did Paris and Versailles because we only had like three days there. So nice. the only other thing that I haven't really mentioned so far we did in Paris was uh, we went to Montparnasse Cemetery, which is one of yeah. the many like historic cemeteries, and there's a lot of like literary fi- figures and entertainment figures that are buried there. So that's where 
Samuel Beckett, who wrote Waiting for Godot, is buried. And Jean-Paul Sartre, who wrote No Exit, is buried there. And those are two of my, like, favorite plays ever. Um, But also Susan Sontag's buried there. Serge Gainsbourg, Simone de Beauvoir, because she was married to Sartre. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And, like, a nice, like, it was less touristy because there wasn't, you know, it's not, like, one of those places that everybody goes to kind of thing. Yeah, and from there, that was, then we went to London. I just keep going. That is, yeah, <laughs> just like explain to us. <laughs> so from there, we went uh, and took the Eurostar, which is the train that goes through the channel to London on the Saturday morning. And then we, uh, what did we do in London? We found a couple of like, we went to a couple, couple of different um, cocktail bars in London. Uh, one was called the Mayor of Scaredy Cat Town. And it was like this sort of speakeasy kind of thing. Like you have to get into it by, it's in a basement. You have to get into it by entering a uh, through a refrigerator, which is in the restaurant floor above it. Okay. And then you go down into this uh, into this bar that's like dimly lit and had like really nice cocktails. We got there like just before they closed, so we only had like one drink there, but it's still really cool. So like, do you um, who tells you about the refrigerator? You just know about it and walk in. The internets, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like we walked in there and sort of were like looking around, and like somebody came over like you wouldn't happen to be looking for a bar, would you? You're like, yes. And then they showed us over to the, Oh, okay. Cool. I'm sure we would have like figured it out eventually. Cause it's much larger than a fridge looked like it should be. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't walk into a fridge. No. Yeah. And then in London, we went to uh, the tower of London. Cause we were like where we were staying was literally like five minutes from there. So that's like where it's got a very bloody history. It's where like, Anne Boleyn was beheaded and where a lot of people were like tortured and killed for treason and shit. And also that would have been cool to see. Yeah, it was really cool. And also where the crown jewels are kept. So we got to go through Uh, all of the crown jewels, which is fucking insane. There's like fuck off huge like diamonds and rubies and crazy scepters and, and pretty crazy. Imperial England, man. Good times. Yeah. And like going back like to like I think the earliest one is from the twelve hundreds or something like that. So like we go around like, you know, Canada or the US or something like that, and you're like, Yeah, we're going on, you know, history tour or something like that. And it's like two hundred years worth of history. Yeah. Then you're over there and you're like, here's like five thousand years of history just laid bare in front of you, kind of thing. Yeah. Cause like all of these palaces and temples and 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 whatever towers and stuff like that are usually built on the ruins of like saxon or roman forts and shit like that too so the churches are like that too where they're like old like they're pagan, old, like pagan temples and stuff. And, yeah. yeah and they yeah. built like notre dame on like that kind of land and shit like that in the middle of the city and stuff so yeah there's, there's reasons why like everything is placed where it is yeah and it has mostly to do with converting pagans to christianity because yeah that's how they did it but it is it's a, it's the history in europe is fascinating but yeah yeah it was really cool uh and and just the density of it like everywhere you turn there's like historic building or historic markers or whatever kind of thing it's just all over the place and to to be fair a lot of it is sort of revisionist kind of thing like you know you really have to look up yourself to figure out like what actually happened rather than just like this is what the victors are telling you yeah how this shit went down kind of thing and then we did the next day we did do like the really touristy like we got on a double-decker bus tour kind of thing because like it was just what multiple people had told us to do is like, yes, it's touristy, but it's such a like huge city and there's so much stuff to see that this is a really good way to see a lot of it. Yeah. So they take you around like Trafalgar Square and like the Victorian Albert Museum and Buckingham Palace and all kinds like 
all those really old parts of London and Westminster Abbey and the Parliament buildings and Big Ben, which is apparently slowly falling over. So they're doing it's all like covered in scaffolding right now because they're yeah, they're repairing it right now, aren't they? Or like yeah. trying to like shore up the foundation or something like that. There's yeah. a news story about it a couple weeks ago that I saw. Yeah. So it stops falling over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's hilarious. And then we went to the British Library, which has the Magna Carta. Oh, yeah. Shakespeare's first folio. That's so The Gutenberg cool. Bible for my design nerd friends. God damn it. That's, that's awesome. So cool. <laughs> that's some, see, I remember Alicia posted about seeing that and like being very emotional about it. And I'm like, that's that would be very, very fucking cool. Too. Yeah. Like, that's something I would like to see. Yeah. And they had a lot of like cool stuff in terms of like the history of like printing and like presses and that kind of thing as well all these like amazing illuminated like bibles and books and yeah. uh, not just from europe but from like all over the world and then they also had a cool little exhibit on monty python so they had a bunch of like stuff from early in the pythons like careers like contracts and like scripts with like handwritten notes all over them that kind of thing nice. cool. they had some really cool beatles stuff as well like they had a bunch of like their lyrics like handwritten original lyrics and stuff like that uh, letters. Um, the one that really struck me was they had John Lennon's like original handwritten lyrics to Hard Day's Night, which were actually written on the back of like a birthday card. What? That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's cool. And then from there, we went to the British Museum, which is almost as huge as the Louvre, but uh, is a little bit more focused on historical stuff rather than on like fine art kind of thing. Although the line does kind of blur to a great extent. Let's see. There we saw. That's where we saw the Rosetta Stone. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. They had a really cool exhibit on uh, clocks and watches. So they had like fucking like thousand year old like clocks and timepieces and shit like that. That's and sick. they had an Easter Island sculpture there. Yeah, I think that was the biggest stuff that we saw there. But I mean, again, it's the sort of place you could just spend Ugh. all day in. They have like a whole huge room full of stuff that Captain Cook picked up on his travels from around the world. And again, like you're looking in here and being like, the reason you have all this shit is because of imperialism. Yay, imperialism! Like, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. basically, like the British, like all of the they British wealth, well, like, basically from them stealing. Our yeah, culture yeah, like, <laughs> was built on the backs of slaves. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> la, 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 so la. I guess one of the you know, one of the side effects of that is that you get these amazing. Uh, amazing museums and shit like that. cool historical pieces to put in your museums because like yeah. i know there's a lot of stuff about like a lot of stuff that's in like the british royal museum and stuff like that that yeah. other countries would be like we want that back like you stole that from us while you were like we were under imperial rule and the britain the british are just like yeah fuck it we, no no we no, got no, it. Sorry, no fuck it we've got that too. as ours now it's fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they say something about calling them cunts we gave like you that, harry probably. potter but it's <laughs> cute <laughs> yeah yeah speaking yeah. of which I did go to Platform 9 and 3 quarters at King's Cross Station. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, it's there's not much to see. There's just like a little photo op where, that has like the... Uh, the cart, right? The cart going through the wall, yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Um, and then there's a, there's a shop where, where we got a wand for um, the daughter of the woman that was looking after our house while we were awake. She's like super into Harry Potter. So we got a, her, a Hermione wand from shop at platform nine and three quarters nice and but there are like we didn't do it but you you can go on like a crazy like warner brothers studio tour in london uh that has like all kinds of artifact art stuff from the actual production movies there's also the uh mina lima mina lima shop 
who's the design house that did all the design work for Harry Potter. So you can go into their shop and buy all kinds of stuff from there too. That's so damn cool. That's so damn cool. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Well, this is Tolkien shit, right? Like there was more Tolkien stuff. Yeah. So that, that was all pretty much, that was all in Oxford, which was our last thing. So the other, the, the other stuff we did in London was I went to the American bar, the Savoy hotel, which is kind of where the cocktail was popularized originally, like during prohibition, this uh, guy named, Harry Craddock is his name. And he was one of the bartenders at the Savoy that really like popularized the idea of not just drinking like liquor straight kind of thing or with like really limited mix, but actually like, crafting fully formed kind of cocktails. So we went there and the cocktails there were really, really good. And it had like piano bar and stuff like that. And that was after we had gone to a Gordon Ramsay restaurant for dinner uh, called Petrus, which was fucking phenomenal. He wasn't there yelling at anybody, was he? No, no, he wasn't. It was, uh, but the level of service was really crazy high. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time Alicia had ever eaten at a Michelin-starred restaurant. I had eaten at one other one before, so that was really cool. Yes, and then the next day was when we went to uh, Oxford, which is, again, was sort of the main bend for the whole trip but uh, just the way the timing worked out it ended up being the last place that we went so i uh, we went to oxford which is just for anybody that doesn't know this crazy like university town the university itself has been there like 800 years or something yeah, like that ancient. And, yeah yeah I and mean, everywhere you walk again you just feel like you're walking in the history like so much like academic history but the main reason we were there is because it's where J.R. Tolkien went to school and then eventually was later a professor as well. And uh, also where he and the other Inklings of the Inklings were a group of authors, including C.S. Lewis and Charles Williams and a few other lesser known people, Owen Barfield, that uh, would basically exchange each other's writings back and forth and give critiques and that kind of thing. The main reason we went, like I said, was for this Tolkien Maker of Middle Earth exhibit. That exhibit was fucking amazing. It wasn't huge. Like it was, I don't know, the room was maybe like probably like the size of our old loft. So like 700 square feet or something like that. So not a huge exhibit, but the amount and density of stuff that they had was just super cool. They had, it was a really nice like overview of his life. Like they had some stuff from like early in his life. Like I was unaware of the early age at which he became orphaned like his dad died in south africa when he was like four and his mother died when i think when he was about 12 i didn't i had no idea about that yeah and after that he basically became a ward of the church there was this uh priest that took him in and he just was living in like foster homes from then until basically when when he came of age man that sounds way more sinister in 2018 than it probably did in like (laughs) 19 whatever yeah and it uh, talked about like how he met his wife and how the who was like his first and only love and how they weren't allowed to be together because this priest thought that he needed to focus on his school. So like they met and like fell in love kind of thing. But then for about three years, they weren't allowed to like see each other. And then they just waited. And then when he became 18 and like, yeah, became, uh, you know, under out from under the guardianship of this priest, he then <laughs> married her. And- yeah, or married, her, married her very quickly and then yeah. went off to World War One. And so it talks about his time during the war. And then when he comes back is where he starts like actively writing, although he'd already yeah. been sort of creating the world of Middle Earth before that. 
So it's got like a whole, had a whole section on like the writing of The Hobbit, as well as all of the, so the 1937, I think, edition of The Hobbit um, had a series of wow. let's say seven watercolors from him in them. And so they had the originals of all of those watercolors, which are really fucking cool. They had all of his, uh, all the maps of Middle Earth that he put together on like graph paper that he would clearly like refer back to over and over and over again and be like, okay, this is this far from this place. So how many days would it take? a hobbit to walk there or a man to walk from there to there kind of thing because that was just how amazingly detail oriented he was and like some really crazy stuff about like how he created the the languages of middle earth and yeah it was just a really really cool exhibit and really gives you a new appreciation for this lifelong undertaking that was the world that he created and all the stories and stuff that he told within it yeah, and then from there, a lot of it was we a friend that had given us a Google map or shared a Google map with us that was like, these are a bunch of the houses that Tolkien lived in when he lived in Oxford. These are a bunch of the pubs that the Inklings would go and frequent. The most best known of, of those is called uh, the Eagle and Child, which the Inklings would refer to as the Burden Baby. So we got to sit in there and like sit right at the tables that they would sit at. There's like a little plaque above it and everything and just have a couple drinks and just feel like you're sitting, you know, walking in the footsteps of literary giants kind of thing. And there's other pubs and stuff we went to. We did go to Tolkien's grave as well. Again, in Oxford. This makes me feel not so guilty. Like you going to his grave and shit makes me feel not so like morbid for doing all the weird grave shit I did in Seattle, like going to Jimi Hendrix's mm-hmm. grave and like going to the Cobain oh, no, house I, and all that kind of no, stuff. I love that sort of thing. Yeah. Like the first, the first time I went to Paris when I was like 18 or something like that, we went to one of the other big, like famous cemeteries the name is of that where jim morrison's buried is yeah, that the one? one where jim morrison's buried okay. i was gonna ask lot, when you talked about the cemetery early i was like is that the one jim morrison's in because i know jim morrison's buried in paris and they wanted to remove him at one point and they yeah. did they or not i don't remember what happened no I, as far as i know at least when i was there in high school he was still there when that was hmm. like the late 90s okay uh, i just remember there was like a thing where they were like we want him out because there's too many people yeah, coming in trashing the place just like yeah, whatever pissing on his grave and shit. yeah basically <laughs> Yeah, no, that one is fairly chase. Fairly yeah, fairly chase. Yeah, but yeah, he's got a lot. Then there's other like media and literary figures that are buried in uh, fairly chase as well. But let's see, our what else they do in Oxford? They've also got just crazy numbers of museums. The one that was really stood out was this one called the Pitt Rivers Museum, which is a crazy like it's an anthropological museum so unlike a lot of museums where you go in like all of like the sumerian stuff is grouped together all the roman stuff is grouped together all the saxon stuff all the egyptian stuff is grouped together in this place you go in and all the stuff is grouped by its usage yeah so like all they would have like an exhibit that was tweezers from around the world kind of thing or like a cabinet of like keys from different cultures wow there was uh, artifacts surrounding death from a bunch of different cultures so that there was like shrunken heads and decorated skulls and you know christian and voodoo and indian and asian uh you know death like death masks and stuff like that and uh like woodworks from all different cultures metalworks musical instruments from all different cultures like they would have like a bunch of pipes all grouped together and then a gu- and th- they also had a, a really cool section on like uh, smoking paraphernalia so like tobacco or marijuana pipes and stuff like that from all different cultures and e- eras and that kind of thing medical implements and weapons and that place was really cool and i could have spent like a full fucking day just in there as well nice 
Uh, and then the very last day, we went, oh no, this last couple of days, we went to Stonehenge. Oh, do you actually go to Stonehenge? That's cool. Yeah, that, I've been, I, I've been I posting that see. stuff on Facebook yet. But we did go to Stonehenge, which is really fucking cool. You can't go right up to it. Um, well, no, because you can like but, push some uh, of those rocks over now. Like they're not settled properly, right? Like they're they're sitting. Yeah, they're yeah. But you, you can still get pretty close to it and get really amazing views of it. And we also went to another nearby um, henge stone circle called uh, Avebury, which in that yeah. case, you can actually go up and like touch the rocks and everything. And it's actually the largest stone circle in the world. It's just not quite as impressive as Stonehenge because it doesn't have like the the trillions or whatever yeah. like the i can't remember exactly what the word for it is but where it's got the uh the post across the, the top, top yeah yeah the, that span the, the the larger stones but still really cool and then we also saw the uh we went to bath oh cool which is a really cool city like in the hills and it's again based on like based around a roman settlement where there were a bunch of natural hot springs they turned into like roman bathhouses, and that's and they still have a bunch of those like natural hot springs that you can go into and stuff as well. But it's just a really beautiful, it's basically like this medieval resort town kind of thing. That's crazy. That people would just go to and, you know, chill out for months at a time or whatever. And then the very last thing we did before we went to the airport was, um, you, have you guys heard of the Uffington White Horse? No. It's this, it's, it's this Neolithic, I don't know if you want to call it a sculpture or painting or whatever, made in chalk on, the si- on a hillside that is just fucking massive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we studied in school. Yeah, so we saw that sort of on our way to the airport on the very last day. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was your trip. That was sounds. That was our trip in a in a nutshell. And a lot, a lot of museums, a lot of cool, really old shit, a lot of nerdy stuff, a lot of geeky stuff. Awesome. So I will put a question to the group: Do we end the episode or do we continue? Because we are getting long. I say we end. Okay. And I think that we should actually. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I'm enough. No, no, that's we're wanted to hear about your trip. I wanted to hear about your trip. I didn't really. Yeah, it sounded like a good episode topic. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here because uh, Tim Tim's story was long, which is great. It was a big trip. Yeah, it was a good trip. <laughs> we talked about ours already. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Is there anything you want to talk about on yours, Christy? That before we? No, no. I'm just excited for Thursday night, and I think it's gonna be such a good time. I'm pumped. Yeah. Dragon Con. Gonna buy yeah, my membership. It hasn't quite sunk in yet because like. Yeah, because I like just got back from this crazy trip. It hasn't quite sunk in that like Dragon Con's in like know, five God. days. Kind of thing. It's, it's definitely been weighing heavily on my mind the last like week or so. <laughs> as I'm like, oh yeah, it's another trip. I got to go forward somehow. Amazing. All right, well, we we gotta do recommendations. So, what? Oh yeah, yeah, geek cred. Yeah, we'll do geek cred, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. So, Christy, why don't you make a recommendation? Oh damn, I had a really good one, and now I'm trying to remember what it was. All right, Tim, why don't you go make a recommendation while Christy thinks. <laughs> I mean, uh, ultimately, I would say go to Paris, travel if you can, because <laughs> that was a really cool experience and uh, and something I def like all of those cities. I think we'd go back to again. But in terms of something actually media related, I would say I've been really enjoying the new season of Better Call Saul so far. It's only like three episodes, yeah, three episodes. so far, but it's 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 a one like it's always at the top of my like watch list uh, whenever it's uh, airing, kind of thing. So regardless of what else is coming on I'm like that i have to watch first so. yeah better call saul is like and this season has been the same is it good yeah better call saul is a show that like i i i basically i was telling the guys on the weekend like i basically take a weekend or at least like a day on the weekend and like i binge it when it's done and i just like i love it so much it is like my favorite show 
So I look forward to that weekend. Yeah. So when people are talking about the show, like we, I think we talked about it earlier, but Tim was like, oh, I'm really enjoying Let's, Let's Call Saul or fuck, Better, Better Call Saul this year. And I was like, God damn it. He's actually actively watching it. Should I just start watching it? And I was like, no, you like that weekend too much. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> so my geek cred, well, I'm assuming Christy's still thinking. I will just say the new Alice in Chains album came out Friday. It's on Spotify. It's called Rainier Fog. Go listen to it because I don't have anything else to recommend aside from Hereditary, which is not for everybody. So not that the Alice in Chains album is for everybody either, but hey, fuck it. Go listen to the Alice in Chains album. Give them one listen for the love of God. They could use the money, I'm sure. Well, you know, I can't remember exactly what I was going to say. I'll, I'll hopefully come up with it again later. But if you're looking for a wholesome kind of like fun, light, but still like really enjoyable little show to watch, I would recommend Steven Universe. I've been seeing a lot of stuff about that show the last couple of weeks. For some Have you been watching it the whole time or did you yeah. just get into it? No, no, I've been watching it the whole time. But I really love it. I think it's super sweet and it's super fun. And you know what? It's kind of like it's that beautiful mix between like Gravity Falls and Clone High. But it's still like it's at its core. It is a kid show and it's on the same level of entertaining as Gravity Falls. I think you will see a lot of Steven Universe cosplay at Dragon. Well, I was going to try and be Amethyst because my friend has a wig and then it's just cutting out some felt purple stars and getting like a. You should have left the purple hair. You could have gone as Gert. I could have gone as Gert. Yeah. Just need a purple wig. Yep. That's too bad. And a and a velociraptor. I don't know if I'd be wanting to wear a wig uh, as I wander around Dragon Con all weekend. It'll be fucking hot. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. We'll see. I'll go. I'm gonna wander to Valley Village this week and see what I can find. Nice. But yeah, that's uh that's my geek cred. Awesome. Well that's uh that kind of wraps up this episode. So thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and share and comment on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. Um you can follow us on Twitter also at DRD underscore podcast. Or if you want to email us, you can do so at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't, please subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. This has been Dance Robot Dance. I'm Mark saying goodnight, along with Tim. Au revoir. And Christy. Good night, everybody. We'll see you soon. All right. And now I'm going to sit here while these two wear themselves out at the end of the episode, and I can stop recording. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned for drunken shenanigans from Dragon Con. It's going to be intense. It's going to be fun. I've already I've already asked one of my friends that has a hotel room if we can keep a uh, cooler in their room that's just fully stocked with alcohol. I like that I'm idea. Try not idea. to die this weekend, guys. So Sorry. we don't have to. Uh, we'll keep you alive. <laughs> we'll keep you. Yeah, five air energies, Red Bull. Yeah, man, it's all about the caffeine on a weekend like this. You just gotta yeah. you just power through. So you pretty much have like a week of powering through starting like Thursday. You're just gonna like just keep going until the next weekend, and then you True. can just die. Is basically what you have yeah. to do. That's how you sleep when we're dead. Yeah. Basically. All right, guys. Good night. Night. Bye.